Hola, soy Chicharango. Suscríbete a Guantan Football. Not the prettiest match, but a draw in Seattle is never a bad thing. Not at all, and we'll break it all down today as LFC 360 is back from its international break. Yeah, so much has happened over the break too, like Chiellini becoming official, the new MLS TV deal, and and that's it. Nothing, nothing else happened. You know, it's a little weird for Chiellini, a center back to be wearing 14, but you know, it's growing on me. Yeah, it's growing on me as well. <sighs> Whatever, Freddie Mercury. This is LFC 360, and it starts right now. Does he even know who that is? Freddie Mercury, Queen. Oh my God. Hi everyone, we are back from hiatus, rested and ready to go. We got a well-fought draw in the Pacific Northwest and here to break it down with me is Philly. It ain't the 80s, baby, and these aren't Jordash, but like Connor, I too am enjoying my mustache. Wow, strong fit game today. I'd say so. You too, Vince, what's up? This is just me, guys, you know that. <laughs> I'm just happy to be alive. If you guys saw what I was up to on the break. That, that's true. You, uh, you, know, you were doing all kinds of things in Long Beach. Uh, yeah. making, making friends with the pavement we hear. Not wearing a helmet we hear. What's up with that? I have I mean, a helmet now, people. I have a helmet for my bike, okay? Let's just leave it at that. Good. We'll, we'll dissect it a little bit later. Oh, is it a full breakdown of Vince's Yeah, full accident? breakdown of Vince's <laughs> bicycle crash. That's what the people want. If you're not following 110, what are you doing? Smash that like button. Follow us on all the platforms, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the this and the that. Follow 110 or else. I just want to say really quick, what's up, guys? <laughs> In the chat, I see you guys. I just, I enjoy seeing you guys. Uh, chat, get at Connor's mustache as much as you can. I don't but, know what you're talking about. <laughs> all right. We're not on vacation anymore. Let's get down to business and let's dive into all the storylines from the weekend in. Hashtag what's trending. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, there it goes. There it is. Uh, all right, guys, let's start at the beginning. We'll, let's talk about fast and slow starts. We talk about them a lot. So what did you guys make? LAFC in Seattle, what did you make of that start? It wasn't a slow start by any means. I mean, the first 12, 13 minutes were clearly controlled by LAFC. After that, Seattle certainly had the catbird seat in terms of possession. But unlike that guilty as charged moniker of them starting slow, it was a fast-paced game. There was plenty of opportunities. By no means was it boring. No, and that was a huge talking point, point for us at the beginning of the season. It was a slow start after slow start, but we were getting results. But this was a game where... Not only did we control the game in the first, I'd say, 15 minutes, but it was very progressive. We didn't create, like, goal-scoring chances, but it was very aggressive, which I liked. Wait, so didn't score a goal, didn't create goal-scoring chances. I'm just saying we, we've had this conversation, right? It depends on what your uh, definition of a slow start is. Yeah. Some, for some people, it's goals. For me, it's creating chances, not giving up a lot of chances. I, you're right. They didn't create big chances, but I would say if you think about how a game goes in Seattle, when most teams travel to Seattle, you think of the Sounders sitting back and just allowing teams to kind of play in a U-shape in and around them. And LAFC weren't doing that. They were going right through them. They were cutting to, to angles. They were getting into dangerous spots. It was just, I mean, that lack, little lack of sharpness. So maybe that part of the slow start is still there. Just that little, little bit, that little bit extra that gets them over the top. Yeah, yeah, but if you think about it, though, like Lumen Field, the clink, it's been a house of horrors for LAFC. We've only had one win there, and that win happened to come for that Diego Rossi inaugural game. And so for them to come out there as aggressively, playing on turf, 
bad weather, all that other stuff, having a break. I mean, it was very nice to see them come out the way they did. Goal scoring opportunities, obviously, you know, you look back at like the Galaxy US Open Cup game, for example, they didn't have that many chances. Mm -hmm. They created some chances. They made the game exciting. And, you know, we certainly had a pretty good deal. One, two, three better finishes. We're, we're, we're up 3-1 against Seattle. Yeah, and they weren't sharp in and around the box, per se, although they did start to create chances later on in the game in and around the box, but the passing was sharp. So I'll take that. Like, I really enjoyed the, the buildup from front to back, uh, a lot of the passing, and it wasn't safe. Like, it was them going yeah. at them, getting on the ball, either driving and dribbling when they could or passing forward. They really used the winger as well. So I, I, I like that start. I'll take it all day. I, I was just needling you guys a little and bit because that's what we always talk about. You know, about. I think it's fair to say that some of the games – within the season so far, we've seen players try to play those risky balls and maybe be a little too clumsy with it, be a little, mm -hmm. uh, you know. In this game, you're right. They, they were taking risks and it was paying off. And it was fun football for me to watch as a fan. And I enjoyed it. One of the better, I mean, for a nationally televised game, MLS has to be pretty excited about that. Yeah, yeah of course. And, and the break, it comes off of like the heels of a break, a break that clearly the players really, really needed. We saw that they were running out of steam and running out of gas uh, before the break. And so coming out red hot, well rested. I mean, it was fun. You had, you had Rocky Balboa going up against Apollo Creed. Very evenly matched game. What's a Balboa? Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, boy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> There's God. truth behind every joke, yeah, he's Connor. Yeah, he's seen Creed. Okay. All right. He's Okay, fine. Fine. Michael B. Jordan? The new movie? Oh, man. I'm not All a movie right. guy. Move us along. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Good, good, good yeah, look shout. look at those cards, boy. Good shout. Oh, look, I have so much stuff on my cards, guys. Um, We're not so even on the right card, are we, you? No, no, no. We talked about it in the watch party uh, on the watch along. If you guys joined us, we talked about how Seattle has such a good roster. They have... DP quality players that don't take up DP quality spots. Crack the code. They've cracked the code. And they have some MLS cups to back it up, right? LAFC, uh, we've had DPs. We've had a couple players throughout our history who have shined to that level. Sifu, last game. I will say, lived up to that kind of standard. What do you guys think? I mean, he, he had one of his better games as a member of LAFC. He was really a part of everything offensively, with the exception of that silly yellow card in the 13th or so minute for delay a game. He contributed quite handsomely. That first pass to Mahala, that was a great opportunity. A couple of a shot himself. And very quietly, he's become the team leader in terms of assists. Definitely one of his better games. But I like how Vince said it the best. He was bossing the midfield, which we haven't seen that consistently from him. So you mentioned how LAFC has had players in the past that weren't DPs but played up to the level. I think the one that comes first and foremost to everyone's mind is Edward Atuesta, who played through the middle. Um, different profile than, than Sifu, who's much more kind of rugged, plays higher up the pitch. But, but you just talk impact, right? Where, yeah. of course, they're two very different players. But the impact in which Sifu had on this game, I would say, is of the same quality that Edward Atuesta would bring to him. Oh, I think so, and I think what LAFC's thinking, because last season, Sifu looked primed to take that next step that Edward Atuesta did from 18 to 19. And then it just kind of hasn't been there yet this year. It's been He's been inconsistent. He's had a couple injuries. He's been traveling around for international duty. But this game is one that I think they can say, man, if this, if this is an extension of 2021 and then he's going to go on to bigger and better, then we're talking about a guy that's playing like a DP. And, yeah, just bossing. I... I love that type of player with a, with a profile where like he can get gritty, he can go into tackles, but then when he gets out and runs and opens up his legs, he really drives the team forward. That was a great seafood to see because when he's not doing that, 
he can be anonymous in games. Like, he can really just kind of disappear in a game. I mean, he facilitated very well from the midfield. Again, I talked about that pass to Mahala. He cleared himself some space, had a really nice shot, and I'm still waiting to see that rocket of a goal from outside of the box that we saw on his highlight reel when he was a member of the Ecuadorian national team. But between that, getting the ball over to Chicho, who Chicho himself had a pretty good game. I mean, very happy with the way Cifuentes played. Yeah, and so we're just hoping for consistency yeah. now, right? Your, your partner in crime, the scarf is in the chat. Oh, all he's right. Saying, he's giving us a list of guys that played like DPs that weren't. I would say early Simon, you mean like the very first game? Like the, <laughs> old, the old I like Simon, but other than like the very first game. Great came I mean, swinging. Yeah, he, had some, he had some goals that were important to this club, clearly. But uh, he was paid to defend. Yeah, no doubt. And, and we talked about Chicho. Speaking of which, he scored his 18th goal as a member of the Black and Gold this past weekend. Uh, I mean, he was aggressive doing his thing. What did you guys think of Chicho's overall performance this past weekend? Great game. It was interesting. It was very interesting. But interesting. Right? Which just seems to be, like, every single Chicho game seems to, ha seems to have a caveat this season. Like, last year, we were so used to him scoring. Man, he was our savior. He was the only thing keeping hope alive at that time. So it was like everything was on him. And at the same time, it was like, look, if it's not you, then we're not doing anything this year. But now that like the team's in first place and there's other pieces around him, like I said, there's a caveat. Like, I think he did have a good game. I think he drove. He was one of the reasons why the team had a fast start because he was willing to get on the ball, be brave, drive the team forward, play make. But at the end of the day, man, you're the nine. Just yep. score goals. And he did score. He scored. But the bigger chance he missed. Yeah. As J. David Wall says, should have scored three. No, I mean, a lot of the shots, and not just by him. I mean, we could say Ryan Hollingshead as well, Mahala as well. A lot of them went right to the hands of Stefan Fry. He had, what, six saves over the course of the game, but a lot of them went right to him. But I do agree, Chicho could have scored more. And, you know, we talk about last season. I mean, we also got to remind ourselves again, despite how many goals he did have last season, a sh about half of them did come from penalty kicks. Yeah, but this should be this should be a concern because he is a bit streaky, right? And we played who we all think is arguably one of the other best teams in the league, right? And this is kind of a preview of what the playoffs are going to be like, uh, especially when you get deeper into the playoffs. And you got to think, man, if you got two chances, and yes, he scores the header, which is kind of out of the blue, but like, if he's not scoring the bigger chances, and you can only maybe get one of those in a playoff game, like, that's scary for Dude, your nine. I, I remember. Uh not too many things have a real like impact on Vince like emotionally but I think in Colorado away final game of the regular season when Chicho hit that post I that was one example where I saw Vince be like oh no yep where that doesn't happen too much you're usually a very cool head but that was one where I saw you're like it made me realize that I think that's where I pieced it all together that he's a streaky player yeah and so he's not that guy that's like you can just count on him. He could have two touches in the game and score a goal. Like he's a guy that needs five, six shots to score a goal. And it's like we've got that guy. It's Carlos Vela. He's the volume shooter. Uh, and you would think that, you know, Brian Rodriguez is going to take a few shots too. So now when, when you get this full team, like let's imagine the team when they're fully healthy and there's still a DP slot open. Like Chicho's not going to get more shots. Yep. He's yeah. probably going to get less. Yep. He'll probably, but also he'll be in better situations like you would say that Fry chance was. I'm just, if he's missing that Colorado goal, he's missing the fry chance, but he's scoring a looping header, you don't really help me, guy, because I need you to score guy. the goals where I'm setting you up and I'm literally putting you on the doorstep yeah. because we put a team around you that can move the ball into place, and basically your job is to just shut the door.
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do agree. But see, here's with, so with young players, sometimes when they're getting involved in a game and they're not having the best game, you could get to get flustered. You could get kind of annoyed at yourself. Yeah, I should have, like, put that into the back of the polyethylene. Like, he's probably thinking that, maybe not exactly with those words, throughout the course of the game. But he showed grit. He showed tenacity. And he got rewarded. Sometimes opportunity meeting preparation is the definition of luck. And he really prepared. He did his thing, punched one into the back of the net. And, and he saved us yet, yet again. I agree he should have scored more. He should be punching more in. But look, we went into a hostile territory. Everything going wrong our way in a lot of other ways that we're going to talk about. But, I mean, you still got to tip your hats off to him. 18 goals since he came in last August. Chicho Arango was great. And, yeah, Jesse Perez commenting in there. Happy to see Chicho and Vela finally linking up to play together. Can you imagine what it's like when we actually have three designated players, by you know, the way? I feel like, how do you say polyethylene in Spanish? Uh, Don't go there. I think you, I think you say polyethylene. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's just it is what it is. Okay. Um, speaking of Jesse's comment about Vela... We didn't have any DPs on the field for the first half. Comes on in the second half, we know, is because maybe he wasn't at 110% yet. The mentality changes a little bit. We talked to Jordan Harvey a little bit about it on the watch party. How do you guys feel about how the team kind of changes around Fella sometimes? They definitely change. They don't, no one will ever admit it, but you definitely change. I mean, same thing with all around the world. Put Messi on the team, the team changes, right? You change with Vela. I will say that I, I was, during the break, I did get a chance to go out to training a couple of times, and Carlos was not involved in first-team training until closer to the match. So it was all about match fitness for him. It wasn't, it wasn't a contract thing. It wasn't a coach thing. It wasn't a player decision. It was just like you could probably only go 45 minutes. But Carlos is, is he's important. I know a lot of people in the chat are like, I need to see more from him. I need him scoring goals. But like even when he's not scoring goals, like, the game changes. The, the way that Seattle defended and the way that they were so conscious of the right side of the field, it just it completely changes. And that opens up uh, roots for guys like Sifu. Uh, Latif got more involved in the game. And then I would say Chicho, the reason why Chicho is there to even have the chance to fire the ball into Fry or then score his other goal is because Carlos was on the right and it was like, Chicho, don't come over here anymore. Stay right in the center get in the box, and get into dangerous areas. And so Carlos is what facilitates that. I think the Chicho, though, to your point, as a player that likes to get on the ball, and that's what gives him confidence when he's not scoring, he needs to realize you got to just go to the great areas. Carlos will find you. Don't don't step on his like his gravity, in a sense. I just want to, I you know, we have stoppage time, and then we'll get to a lot of topics in stoppage time. But I just want to, like, do a quick hot take for you guys. I get it. Maybe Vela didn't have the greatest game, or maybe he hasn't had the greatest season. And look, Danny Trejo's a baller. He's worked his tail off. He's he's good. He's a baller. But stop with this nonsense, people. Danny Trejo's bet had uh, no. It's yeah. Carlos Vela. <laughs> Y'all. Yeah, hot take. Someone clip. Then if if Danny Trejo had a better game, somebody please clip me all those things. Like I can remember Danny Trejo's game in my head. It was only 17 minutes. Yeah. And by the way, he doesn't get an assist on that goal because he did not touch it. No, I mean, not, I'm not trying to distract too much because actually, speaking of stoppage stoppage time, mine will be on Danny Trejo. But like a better game than Vela, then maybe we need. To, I don't know. Maybe we need to all sit down and watch games together again. And yeah, remind maybe people how you this guys goes. just you you do hot takes just to get to me. But I feel like you know, let's think about it a little bit more then comment but hey 
you, you do We're have all to friends here. You do have to wonder though, like the team plays differently, whether it be positively or negatively, with or without Carlos. When Carlos comes in, there's a certain bit of calmness that does happen. But when he's not there, there's several of these other players that are looking to step up and assume the mantle of being the man. And so everybody getting an opportunity is a great thing. But then Carlos coming in, you know, obviously shifts people into a significant focus. Like, do you feel that sometimes we can play better? Without Carlos, obviously we can play better with. But if he's not having a bad game, is that necessarily a bad thing having him in the lineup? We could play different, right? So you could you could say if Carlos is on the right and you're playing with a winger uh, like a Mahala who's always going to be running in behind, you can play different. But it just like, it can only work in different ways. At the end of the day, if you come up against a team that is like a lockdown defensive team, which we, we have said is going to become the case more and more, you need a quality of Carlos Vela because we watched that first half. The first half they played well and they got in and around the 18, did not create big chances. There was none, none of that magic final ball. There was no curling, beautiful shots. Like, you still need quality, guys. Like, in Carlos Villa provides quality as much as he may frustrate you. You will make room. Any manager in the world will make room in their team for a Carlos Vela type player because they know that in the toughest moments, when maybe you need a bit of magic, he's gonna show up at times and it's worthwhile more so than having, you know, just a bunch of workman players all the time. And I just wanna say really quickly, what could you, how could you possibly like assess how Trejo would be better than someone like Moose when like the, you have like a 17 minute sample size, you guys, come on, like just be real. Like I get it, Trejo's a baller and I'm not even saying maybe he is better than Moose, but how can you come to the opinion that he's better when you've like, dude, he's on like a four day loan. Yeah. Relax. Well, I'm going to stir the pot even more. Because, oh yeah, we're going to uh, let's stir the pot. Let's oh get crazy. I have in the a little chat. bit of sound from Carlos Vela because a lot of you guys are in our chat talking about contract and magically, oh, just a little bit of sound. So let's hear Carlos Vela talking about uh, his contract situation. I feel good to be here. I enjoy to play in LA with our fans, and of course, I have that that thing on mind to win a trophy with this club. So in my head is always focus on that, but. But in the end, this is business. We are w working on that, but I'm open to to be here. But if it's not working and this thing not happen, I'm also open to to leave and find another place. So football is like that. Life is like that. So it's nothing to complain. Just just see if if in the end we can make the deal or, or not. So are you guys fired up now or what? Let's talk about Carlos Vela and what he said afterwards. Do you guys have a problem with what he said afterwards? So he Absolutely not, first of all. Philly, go ahead. No, no, go for it. Go for it. No, there's no, there's no problem. There's no problem with that. I just, I just need you guys to know that. That's my opinion. My, my, my problem with this. So this was his 100th game. His 100th regular season game. I think he has 116 overall. Uh, we've heard from so many pundits, reputable ones at that, that have been saying this Carlos Vela deal is done. But to leave this uncertainty with it being done sort of does bother me. But then again, it could also be Carlos Vela kind of grinning because he was very, very uh, even keeled throughout the course of his entire comment. But when he said, yeah, you know, that's life, football is business, and I'd be willing to go anywhere else, he kind of smiled. So maybe in his subtle way, he's, he's poking at us, but... His 100th game, he shouldn't have really been talking about, yeah, I'd be ready to leave and go anywhere if I have to. Look, Carlos Vela has been our cap, not our captain, but our our franchise player for five years now. 
And if anyone has a problem with the way he said it or what he said, you guys just haven't watched enough Carlos Vela interviews. One, he's just blatantly honest. He's saying, you know what? If this deal just doesn't work out, obviously he's open to going somewhere else. I don't see a lie there. I would be saying the same thing. And also, that's just the type of guy he is. He likes to joke around a little bit, first of all. And he's just blatantly honest sometimes. And I just don't see that being any different from anything he said before. So take everything with a grain of salt and just know know who's talking. You guys just need to watch more more tape and more interviews just, of Carlos Vela. I can't stop watching the chat. Yeah, the chat's going crazy. It's incredible. You guys are so clearly are LA, clearly LAFC is a worse team with Carlos Vela on the pitch. I would say uh, rewatch the Galaxy game in the Open Cup and see what happened when Carlos Vela went off the pitch. And don't forget, the only goal that they scored this weekend was with Carlos Vela on the pitch. Uh, we were talking about the first half and it was good. You can put it all together, guys. And I know a lot of you were saying Vince or Gomez was in there saying, Vince, you, you nailed it. He, only sometimes. Look, magic only happens sometimes, guys. This is It's football. It's a low-scoring game. Uh, it's just... Man, wow! I'm just—I'm very—I think I'm more surprised how quickly you guys have turned on. No, Carlos I'm winning the chat back. Then, <laughs> let's go. Then yeah, what's go going team. on? And it, well, to your point, look, look, Carlos speaks his mind, and I am uh, of the mind that I would prefer players that are honest like that. That's this is what makes the other guys stand out more—the ones that'll say like, "I love this city," and I, I kiss the crest and all that. Carlos has never been that guy at Arsenal. At Sociedad, anywhere he's gone, he understands it's a business. He's gone to multiple teams. And, but 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 when he came to LA, he came with the this same mindset. He comes smiling. Yep. He he gives his best as much as you guys don't think nothing so. Nothing has he, changed. Yeah, nothing. His personality, his mentality, is what has made him the player he is. You guys can't all of a sudden expect him to turn into this like crazy monster that's like oh kissing the crest and running or like. It, it just wouldn't jump in the No, but his, his personality, much like his ability on the field, it's very nonchalant. It looks like he's, he's making things effortless. I know LAFC has been a team that's trying to break hearts and set trends, but it would be unprecedented to let him walk in the middle of a season like this. It would be crazy. You'd have to be a schmuck to let Carlos Vela go in these, these conditions. We'll see him back and... We'll see. I mean, he's leading the team in scoring and assists. Six and three, despite him having a hat trick within that first game against Colorado. He's still our leader. We could be better with him. We could be better without him. But I'd rather have him here. We got, we're nine, three and three. We're bringing on Chiellini. He doesn't want to Wait, are we arguing about uh, a very good player on the best team in MLS? Wait, what's a schmuck? (laughs) Oh, well, why don't don't you move us on and we'll tell you while they watch the tape that's coming up. Sure. Yeah. As you guys know, we asked the players before the season started many ridiculous questions like, how do you hang your toilet paper? Who's the most likely to ghost you in a group chat? (laughs) But we also asked, you know, the soccer questions, the good ones. Well, this is a big one. Who will win the World Cup? Uruguay. Si va Uruguay. Uruguay. Italy, if they even make it. Football is a game everybody can win. I want my country to win, so. <laughs> I want to say France, but usually the team that wins the World Cup gets knocked out in the group stage of the following World Cup. But they're such a strong team. I'm just going to go with France. Lo digo no lo digo. La gana Francia. I'm going to go with France. England. Argentina. Or Spain. If I speak with my heart, you boy, for sure. But like making a good analysis, for me, Brazil is a, is a candidate. I tip Argentina or Brazil? Senegal. 
Of course. Us. <laughs> Us. Yeah, that's confident. That's confident right there. Yeah. Francia. Colombia. Uff. Pues si Dios permite, vamos nosotros. Ecuador. Pues Ecuador lo va a ganar. Ecuador. Brasil. 2022 World Cup. Hopefully the US. I think Maxime Crepeau was right. About what? Yeah. About Canada what? winning the World Cup, finishing first in Group F against Croatia, Belgium, and Morocco? Come on, up the Canucks. You better put all your money on it. If so, you're going to win a lot. It's possible. I mean, I, dream alive. I, we can. Uh, I don't know, man. I know certain like substances in California are now legal, but, man, like no way that's happening. It's going to be Germany, baby. Germany's winning the World Cup. That's my thought. All right. Let's – oh, that's your – I was going to just say, let's do some – Predictions. Well, I'll always, I mean, it's always going to be Demonshaft for me. Obviously, they have fallen from graces since that 2014 World Cup, but Germany's Germany. Yes, I'm biased, but still. Am I allowed to pick one? Rosa, you are allowed to pick one. Oh, Italy. I, I just, oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Oh, who's got I've Canada? Do, I got Germany. Well, you Your know what? Not in. Then I'll say Argentina, which is basically, you know, South America, Italy. That's just what Steve said. <laughs> Steve's always right. Talking about sucking up. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, okay, so really Canada? No, definitely not Canada. But I actually think they do my very biased and trying to be non-biased point of view. I actually do think Canada will have a shot at making it out of the group stage. Not a fair shot, but a shot. But I don't think they'll win, obviously. I actually think Argentina and or Portugal might even. I was going to say, that's a far it. shot from winning it, though. Yeah, I know, but obviously out of the I'm group joking. Is God, I just, God, I, I just like, God. I just like Cheeky's answer. I love the conviction. Actually, I'm Team Ecuador now. That's, that's. No, no, no. You can't, you can't change. You just hopped on the Argentinian. What happened with the Ecuador Chile thing? Like, weren't they? Gonna that, that's a whole other show. Ecuador Chile. Shout uh, out my man Dexter, by the way. I'm not gonna do a Borat impression and get it right. It's Sergeant Pepper and his Lonely Hearts Club Band. Love fair. you, Dexter. Okay, guys, we, we haven't played this game in a while, so we're gonna dust it off. I got the old. Uh, Ice cube and fire emojis for our next installment of hot or cold. Uh, this game is self-explanatory. If you need me to explain this game, I don't know if I can. I don't, really don't know if I, I mean, can. This is my first time doing producer, it. I need explanations. For reals? <laughs> our producer is going to throw out a topic, and we are going to hold up the emoji of choice, whether it's hot or cold, a hot or cold take, and then we will explain. Is that enough? Is that good enough? Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Let's go to the first topic here. Do 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 do. It's coming. Love some, love some oh, background. Nice music. three box there. Look at that. Oh, you guys are learning some technical action? terms. I mean, look at these handsome okay. gentlemen Hot or in cold. our tires. Giorgio Chiellini will play more minutes than he doesn't. Okay, so he'll Ooh, feature in. He'll feature more than. That's a weird, weirdly worded question. Boom. Oh wait, are we showing them at once? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we're all on the. Um, I think if that match against Argentina has shown us everything, is that maybe he. Won't be able to, what? I'm just keeping it real with, with you, Vince. How dare you? No, I think, you know, his. Uh... Do you want me to break down? Let's break down that goal that everyone's talking about. I mean, if Benucci doesn't get held up by Latoro Martinez for five minutes, maybe they have a chance to actually defend that. Look, I think it's fair to say that his prime years are behind him. That being said, this is still a quality player who can provide quality on the pitch. That being said, you guys talked about the center back depth chart. Uh, not That's too, the answer. Not too long ago. The answer ago. is this. He doesn't need to. Yeah. Right? He really doesn't need to. You're talking, you're adding a player of his caliber, and a lot of people in the chat have been talking about leadership and vocal leadership, and that's fine. Um, but really, he brings that gravitas, that presence. 
I mean, the thing that I think about most, most lately with Giorgio Chiellini coming here is him hugging Jordi Alba and how terrified Jordi Alba is going to penalties for Spain. And Chiellini <laughs> in that moment, like the biggest moment of his career, possibly go to a final when he knows that he doesn't have very many Italy games left and he's laughing in the face of pressure and he's, he's all about it. So look, he's all about it and I think he's all about it on and off the pitch. That's why you don't need him to play every single game. He just needs to be there and be a presence. I mean, I do love the fact that what he said about how he, he's, he's not expecting things to be given to him, that he's going to fight for everything. So that's, that's a good thing. But I, too, I mean, I've been a little skeptical and nervous about this ever since. 30, he's going to be 38 years old, hasn't had an entire season since 2019. ACLs, I'm excited to have him here. I'm, I'm also excited to see who what friends he's going to bring here. I mean, we might see John Luigi Buffon in the oh. stands. Scarf, that's for you. Alessandro Del Piero, we have to and, thank. And but. let me... I just want to add really quick that the one thing I'm looking forward to is uh, a Mamadou Fall is going to be able to learn hand in hand with Giorgio Chiellini. So let's just exactly. There's a lot he brings more so. So even if he doesn't play more minutes than he sits out, I think you can still say it would. It can be successful. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. Oh, here comes. The next DP will be direct competition for Chicho. So he will be a nine. All right. Why do we think? Why do we think? No. I, want, I want you to start because you're a big Chicho fan. I, Why I, do you believe that that they're going to bring in someone to compete with him? Well, I mean, you were talking about him being very inconsistent in terms of finding the back of the net. If they're going to look to bring a designated player that's an attacker, obviously it's going to be somebody who has a propensity for putting the ball in the back of the net. Chicho was brought here for that reason. He led the Colombian division in goals. Is he getting it done the way that this team thinks that he can get it done? I don't know, but I would say that's in direct competition. I mean, can we finally have three designated players on the pitch at one time? That would be a great thing, but obviously the money going into a designated player with the expectations, I assume it's going to be loftier than what the club thinks Chicho's going to bring. And yeah, I, I feel like competition is a good thing. It's going to only help everybody else elevate their game. I will say, I actually... It will be direct competition, but in my head, I actually see Chicho out the door if mm. we bring in a DP9. That's oh, wow. just my prediction, my okay. way too early prediction. Yeah. I Look, I, I think the competition is always healthy, but I think a player of his quality, if Vela resigns as well, I just I don't see him remotely wanting to stick around. Okay, so let's be wholly selfish about this. I'm not even thinking about next season. I want to win okay. the cup this year. Yeah. And if that is the case, and you're talking about a team that is already top of the supporter shield, there's really not, it's not like there's got to be a big change, right? So you yeah. just look at little places to tweak, and you would say the number nine position. Mm -hmm. If you can get a guy that really scores, you know, in, in bunches, and he's a much more clinical finisher, that's the one place to upgrade. And then on top of it, on top of it, if Chicho is on the bench, and that's your change of pace, you guys in the chat keep talking about how much you love Dio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Dio was, was a non-DP, yeah. so you got Chicho on the bench. You've got your your bang on number nine, and when he's not having a good day, because it happens, mm -hmm. happens, as I, as I said, Gomez, sometimes it's just about sometimes, not about every time. Um, when that happens, you bring in Chicho. Like, I'm all about going all for broke here. So I think... No, like, I agree. Like, if we're talking, like, what I selfishly would yeah. want, I would want, obviously, the best attack that we already have a very good attack, but, like... 
If Chicho could come off the bench, that would be great. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm trying to think realistically. I yeah. just don't know. I mean, I mean, last season when people would come off the bench, we didn't have like that jolt of excitement and energy. And not to say anything bad about the players from last season, but to maintain a certain level offensively and to maintain a certain threat, seeing Chicho come on as a super sub would be a cool thing. Exactly to your point, Dio was just that. He was one of our leading scorers. And he didn't have to start and play every game. If Chicho finds the back of the net and not shoots it in the hands of the keeper every time he gets the ball, then we, we're talking about a different story. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, we're so deep. We're so – I think we're really talented. I think this is really the year that we have to knock and obtain that MLS Cup status. All right. Let's 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 move on. We still got more topics on our hot, hot or cold. What's our next topic? Boop, boop, boop. John McCarthy should start one of the next two games. I'm going to say – no. I like John McCarthy. I do. He's, he's played good. Wait, why do we think this question's coming up? You in the chat. It's why, the, do, why do you guys think? A lot of people are starting to put this out there. But why? To the mistakes from playing out from the back, Crippo. I would say this. If people are confused about what Carlos Vela brings, they definitely don't know what goalkeepers do. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't, see, I don't see a big, even if that were to happen, I don't see a big jump in quality from John and, Well, And obviously, when you play at the back and that happens, and it's happened in this game and happened against Cincinnati. Everyone's going to point right to it because it's that recency. Yep. It's that, that. But they don't talk about all the times that he's bailed us out with either a sweeper-keeper moment or he has made good passes out the back that have led to attacks. Like, you don't think yeah. about it because they're so far from goal. Like, this is just – Steve accepts this. The whole team accepts this. Max accept, accepts this. When you play out the back, there will be mistakes. Does he want this to happen? Of course not. No one goes out there wanting to be scored on. But he's still – you, I just feel like people are discounting the but, times that he's done little things that, like, in a, in a crowd of people on a corner kick late in the game, catching the ball, holding the ball, laying on it. Like, that's not a super save. But for me, that's much better than a lot of the goalkeepers that have come through these doors. I would say, and there's the, con the, the comment by Soccer USA saying he's got confidence issues. I mean, I don't think he does. Like, he still is out there being aggressive, still making a, lo a lot of great saves. I mean, there is no reason really to stash him on the bench, not against the New Jersey energy drinks that we're going to be tackling on the 26th. This is a team that's knocking on the door of first place within the Eastern Conference file. And again, not against FC Dallas, a team that's coming up in the standings as well. McCarthy is great, but I would play him against a lesser quality teams such as uh, a sporting Kansas City as as of right now or maybe maybe a Vancouver I mean maybe you can learn from the mistake that he made like passing the ball because that's not the first time we've seen that but I mean we tied the game he still was a big part of it I mean there's no reason why we should not look towards Cripo yeah and I still think that John McCarthy probably does deserve a chance in net but I don't think this is the right moment as people are pointing out like if you remove him right now it's basically saying like what you did you messed up yeah and that just kill that just kills a guy. It's like spraying right. your kitten with a water bottle. Like I wouldn't. Guys, want to and, do that. and he's Canadian. Oh, sorry. So he's gonna win oh, the sorry. World Cup, is what you're saying. Hey, sorry. <laughs> eh? All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the Soon last to be one. World Cup champion. That's one hot or cold. Uh, the Apple on Must deal was the optimal broadcast scenario available. Oh, oh that's a weird. I'm gonna say that's a hot take if you believe it. I look. I'm Gen Z. This is new wave MLS. This is new wave sports media. Anywhere, anytime. That's me. That's I. I. I, I watch so many major league soccer games on my phone, uh, on Apple TV. And look, there's a big market where you know fans of like cable TV or people who watch it or are used to watching it one way. Trust me, this is the new the new wave type stuff. I. I am. 
hot take because I said if you believe that what that was in fact, that's a hot take because it wasn't. Look, Don Garber said that he would hope we have a deal in place by the first quarter. Yeah, uh, we're almost in the third. No. They finally announced. So they went through a lot of different scenarios. I do think maybe they landed on the best scenario they could get. I'm very interested to see what happens. I, for me, my creativity starts to run wild with this. Like you said, Connor, it's different. You got to do different things, and it's really going to up the game. And I think a lot, of, and a lot of people have said this. MLS went as far as they could with kind of linear TV deals. So I'm excited to see what happens. I, I'm hopeful to see what happens, but there is still a worry in me because. You know, that press release came out, and there wasn't too much in there that really no. gave us the real concrete. And, of course, we hope that Max Bredos is going to be a part of it because I need Max Bredos on course. LFC games. Yeah, but, that, that but, would be <laughs> – Wait, no, go for say it. it together. Go for it. One, two, three. Ah! Okay. Okay. Are we in 2.5 billion reasons to actually like this deal. Ten years, $2.5 billion. I mean, what have our deals been then? We're looking at ESPN Plus, people getting blackouts of the LAFC games. Now you're not going to have to worry if you're traveling to Madagascar or going down somewhere far like Carson. You're going to get to watch all these games on one platform. Oh, and by the way, if you're a season ticket holder, which are 18,000 of you out there that are for LAFC, you're going to get to see a lot of this for free. Is it a real perk? Is, I mean, the NFL kind of does it that way. I think this is great, but to your point, I'd have to see Max Bredos and people like that calling these games because as to J. David Wallace's point, some of the TUDN people, they couldn't even pronounce some of these players' names right. And I've done a little bit of play-by-play in my day. That right there, you can't say, creepo. Like, you, you lose me on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that'll happen if you keep people like Max on there. And Apple broadcasters, they can't have one team to cover all these games. There's so many games, it being linear, games being on a Wednesday and a I, Saturday. I don't, I don't think they'll have one team covering. No, they'll have. It would be clown shoes. They'll have, but they have to, to your point about TDUNA, they have to dive into this uh, idea of these broadcasters have to really know what they're talking about. We can't get the up-and-comer that really they want to do college football one day or they want to do NFL one day. You need guys that, like Max, are out at training. Max has conversations with many different players all throughout the week, and he's talking with them. Maybe he uses it on the broadcast. Maybe he doesn't, but he's learning more about them. Yeah. And he knows more about your team, and you just feel comfortable. And yeah. I think MLS fans, we've learned, are not blanket fans. We cannot. That's why this national, the previous national way didn't them. work. You have to spoon-feed them with the their tribal. They yeah. want to talk about their community, so you need – commentators that are going to go in there and learn the little nuances, learn about their players, because that's the way you're going to grow the game, is once these fans come fully invested in these players and, and their local markets, that's what that's all you need. That's really all you need. So I'm actually going to change my answer because I, I actually think that it probably wasn't the best deal available, but I think in the grand scheme of things, like long-term for MLS, this actually might be the best deal long-term. It's, this is the deal? And to be honest with you, it's, it's a make-or-break deal. And yeah. MLS has a, a big op- – I believe they have a big opportunity, but they have to take this very seriously. And if they mail it in, it's going to be bad for the league. Joseph, yeah, one-tenth should broadcast some games, eh? What do you think? I'm available. I'm I mean, happily it, available. It does It does well, possibly open I, up that chance. I will say there's a third-division team in, in Mexico that will soon to be broadcasting games. Maybe maybe there will be some, uh, some, some mix-matching with one-tenth football. Here, there. Who knows? Ma- ma- magic. I'll, send, I'll pop the link in the chat. And, and if you guys have, uh, you know, any email addresses of any, any MLS people, just go ahead and email them. Say yeah. one ten. You don't yeah. have to say anything else. 
Yep. And speaking of the chat, obviously we're seeing a lot of great comments, a lot of things of that nature. But now's your opportunity to start pegging us with some questions. So let's get in that Q&A. Whatever's on your mind, drop it on there. Hopefully we can go out there and get to it. Fire on some awesome questions so we, we can get out there and be interactive yeah, with you. Yeah, who has the best outfit today? Let's play that game. Get I mean, that's, that, that's without, that goes without saying. I'm trying to look to see if I got any on Twitter. Oh, Jerry has asked about my, my recovery from my bicycle accident. Oh, yeah, we, we didn't come back to the bicycle accident. So... If you guys follow me on Instagram, and some of you do, you know that I uh, fell off my bicycle because someone opened a door while I was riding through the streets of Long Beach, and I flipped over, and I had quite the bruise, and I, I think I'm recovering nicely. I still have oh, a little bruising. Don't show it. Don't show it. Um, my, most leg, most of my bruising is up here. I'll, should I just take my... No? Take oh, them okay. off. Family friendly. Take Family friendly. Off. No, okay. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm fine. Uh, no, no broken bones. I actually wasn't hurt that bad. It was more my pride, and uh, I have now learned that I need to wear a helmet, so yeah. it's for the better. Rookie mistake, man. Just wear a helmet. It's not that deep. Well, I was a badass. You know, I had the mustache. You get the mustache, you got no helmet. We, we got a question from Brian. Sorry to interrupt that conversation. Uh, we got uh, Brian's asking, do you think Carlos Vela will finish the season with LAFC? Connor, I'll go to you on that Should one. Should we say our, all our answers at once? Yeah, sure. We could try it. Yes. yes. Oh, great. I love us. <laughs> Moving on. I mean, midseason, we're, well, first of all, he couldn't. So if his contract is up, this is how it works in MLS. If his contract is up, he cannot go anywhere in MLS. Yeah. His contract for MLS to be a free agent is technically not up until the end of the year. So if he does go anywhere, it would have to be outside of the country. I know a lot of things are swirling around Mexico, but I've talked to Carlos a couple times, and I can almost guarantee you – no, I'm going to just guarantee you. Name dropping, huh? talked to Carlos? He will never play. Are you guys on a first-name basis? He will does never he call play you to go to Mexico. Laker games? Uh, he actually told me he, he never wanted to talk to me again last time oh. I saw him. Because you haven't given him anything from the La Rosa Pants yeah. company. No, it's because, that makes sense, actually. It's because I came in wearing a Juventus jersey. And he was like, oh, I see how it is. Huh. We see, one guy, and you guys, you're just a full Juventus fan? I had to remind him that I've been a Juventus fan for a long time. So there you go. There's there. my name drop. <laughs> there you go. Uh, sorry, never say, do we still need a right back? Escobar's getting fit and healthy again. I like that question. Hauling Sheed. I think we great. do. You do? I do. Really? Just because I don't like... Hollingshead having to move back and forth so much. Although I will say that was his best game at right back. I think in terms of obviously we would have liked to be scored that goal. And he scored other he goals at right comfortable back. Comfortable now. He feels com- well. Yeah. He looked comfortable in the buildup for once, which my, has been my problem with him. He just did not look right in the buildup. When you play on the left for so long, to change the angles, it's different. But I just I don't want him to have to keep moving back and forth. I, I don't think it benefits him, and over, I don't think it benefits over the team. someone like Franco if healthy. I think if healthy. Franco is the starting right back of this team. And Hollingshead is a very good deputy to, to a guy like Cheeky who runs a lot. Like, Cheeky's going to need yeah. some subs from time to time. It just, yep. I would just love if we have another right back because, let's say Cheeky goes down as well, then I want Hollingshead to play one side, but I don't want auxiliary right back Latif Blessing or auxiliary right back yeah. Kellen Costa. It's more so to keep Kellen and Latif in the middle of the field than it is about Ryan Hollingshead for me. Here, here's a question that I found interesting. Who would sit – once Chiellini gets up to speed and gets a start? Uh, well, we saw... Everyone think, but Mario. We saw this weekend that Steve's not afraid to sit Mamadou Fall. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I went going into the break, I said Mamadou probably needs to take a step back because his, he's regressed a little bit. Uh, and I, I'm actually happy to see that Steve is saying, like, fine, Mamadou, you need to take a step back. You need to watch some tape. Uh, I don't like your past performances. And I trust a guy like Sebastian Ibiaga who... I think we should point out Sebastian Ibiaga deserves some credit. Has had to come in high-leverage situations. A guy that just keeps seeing center back signed by the team, and he's thinking, <laughs> man, what's going on here? But yeah. he comes in, he gives his all. Look, 
Is he limited in some of the things that he can do? Yes, like all players are in MLS. This is MLS. We're talking about MLS. All players are. But I think to come in and play in Seattle, play the whole game, uh, especially with a, uh, with a, with a center-back partner like Mario who can be you know, a bit all over the place, I mean, he anchored the, anchored the team, and I think he did a good job. Oh, fair points. Uh, here's, here's another good question. Has Kellen Acosta lived up to the expectations? I guess the question would be TBD. what would have been the expectation of Kellen Acosta? TBD. I think TBD. He hasn't gotten to play in the midfield enough. He, yeah. That's his position. He's a midfielder. I think he's a, a possible DP-level midfielder. But you join a new team that plays in such a style, a positional style and a quick style where you're going to have to learn the little partnerships and the little connections, and then you just keep getting moved around. So for me, TBD. I, f- I feel bad for him, actually. Uh, JR, speaking of Tony Leone, I, I'll just I'll say a couple words on it. I'd say, like, young players as a whole, we've seen someone like Mamadou fall when, when they're ready and they're – and they're of a certain quality to step up to the first team, trust me, they'll get noticed and they'll get playing time. And I encourage you guys all to, look, I'm not saying blindly trust the the front office, blindly trust soccer operations, but I will say these guys get paid a lot of money to make very good decisions about good players. And I'd say there's always a reason why players aren't on the first team, players aren't starting. So I'll just... You would hope. Leave that there. (laughs) You would hope. I'll just leave that there. Uh, Let's see, we got one more from, from Brian. What would be your ideal starting lineup for LAFC right now? Okay, so we've already said Maxime Crepeau and goal. Yep. I, I think, uh, for me, I, I would like to see Ryan Hollingshead at right back, just because he balances, whether it's Hollingshead or, um, sorry, did I say Ryan Hollingshead at right back? Yeah. Or Franco yes. Escobar. Franco Escobar at right back, and whether it's Hollingshead or Cheeky at the left, it just kind of balances them, because they fly up that yep. side so much. Uh, Murray and... I love Keelini, but I gotta I gotta see him first. Like yeah, he's got to play in the yeah. team. So Murray and Fall, uh, cheeky left back, spot on. Ilya, you know, probably the first name on the team sheet every week. Kellen next to him. Sifu is I think cemented, especially after that last game. He's really gotten that spot. And then the three that we all want to see. I want Brian Rodriguez. Yeah. I want Chicho, and I want Vela. And and I will say Eddie Segura, yes. right? Like he he has been our rock in the back for so long, and this has been a very long and frustrating injury for, I'd say, every single person involved, mostly him, mm-hmm. right? That being said, like I, I, I don't think we can sit here and be like, he deserves a starting spot yet. We still have to see how he is, how he how he comes back to, to full fitness and also like full quality. I just, I, I, I don't think we can reserve a spot for him. No, we, we can, and we have to be careful to rely on him too much. So if his physical ability to get back on there doesn't get questioned and he's on there, he's going to be on there for a reason. It's not like anybody's going to take a chance with the kind of injury that he had. But the thing that I'd be very curious about is, is the mental game. When you come off of an ACL, it does something to you mentally. Is he going to try to make that sharp cut where he thinks about it, where he didn't think about it back in the day? So that's, that's where I would really like to see it. But obviously, as time progresses – Segura is the only other change I would really want to see in there. We have to see a, a, a Brian, we have to see a Vela, and we have to see a Chicho front line. And the midfield, I'm, I'm, I'm good with. Boom. Why does Jerry say that you having a mustache makes him feel old? That doesn't I don't know. Sense. Jerry just refers to himself as old a lot, and I don't get it. Well, he is like 18 going on. He's 18 going on 65. Got, got the end. I got one more question. Dexter Quinn asked when the party's starting on Christmas Tree Lane Saturday. Early, because we got a 12 o'clock kickoff. We'll be there How at early 8 a.m. Oh, we'll be there at 8 a.m. with our tents. I'm old. We're always there, like 8, 9, 10 a.m. So just gonna, letting you all know, that's the answer to your question, I'll, Dexter. I'll Welcome back to L.A., buddy. Late. I'll, say, I'll say one more thing on that. <laughs> Hydrate. Okay, 
Great questions, guys. Thank you as always. Uh, it's good. Hey, it's good to be back. We got a lot of flying start. Your chat was hot today, so thank you for that. But I got to move us along. We're getting into stoppage time. Time for stoppage, stoppage time. time. Our chance to rant about whatever we feel like. And Philly, you are up first. Freddie Mercury. All right. So early on this season, during Expansion Mansion, I mentioned that the Seattle Sounders would be the team that would take, assume the mantle of Supporter Shield champions. They still have an opportunity to do so. I feel that the top two teams in the Western Conference are still going to be LAFC and Seattle. These two are heading on a collision course with each other. It's going to be a Western Conference final. It's going to be a rematch of 2019. And LAFC is going to avenge their loss to the Sounders. And they are going to go to the MLS Cup, defeating the boys from the Emerald City. That's what I think. This is our year. I was cautious Prior to the season beginning, I am fired up and confident that this is our year. Solid high five. Do I get one too from you? Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling good with this mustache, oh. man. Yeah. <laughs> feeling a little too good. How's the wife feel about the mustache? Uh, she hates it, and uh, so she's going to blame so it'll you be gone, for it. It'll be gone in about an hour after the show. So I mean, yeah. my stoppage time, I will say I like to be on the optimistic side. I've been doing that this entire time and telling you guys, no, nothing's black and white. Give everyone the benefit of the doubt. But I'm going to go another route for my stoppage time. Our front three, Carlos Vela, Chicho Arango, Brian Rodriguez. It is not good enough. I don't know what it is. Injuries, there are, there, something's not clicking, right? And I'm not just saying the three of them all together. Individually, Carlos Vela, uh, the dip in form this year, the, the whole contract situation, right? Can, can we trust someone like that going forward? Chicho Arango been streaky. We just talked about how streaky his finishing has been. Maybe we get rid of him to fill in for a, a, another TP, right? Brian Rodriguez, a test that hasn't worked out for like the past three years. <laughs> yeah. How much longer can we wait on this guy to start producing the way a DP of his caliber should? We paid a lot of money for this, and I don't think we've gotten the return that we would have hoped for. No, we also haven't gotten Scar's rendition of Brian's song yet, so where's that? So like? all I'm saying is maybe it's just not good enough. Maybe it's time to uh, switch it up a little bit. <clears throat> who's entitled now? Who's in, yeah, who's entitled now, chat? Yeah. I think it's you over here. It's me. It's definitely me. Throwing your toys I, I out. Like to, I, don't, I don't like Chicho, Brian, Carlos. I like to, hey, I'm mixing it up. I was saying the exact opposite all show. I think in, for all the people that were wondering, Brian was not there because he went to Uruguay to finish out the green card process, but you have to go to your point of origin to do that. He had delays traveling back, so he missed a couple of trainings. That's why you don't train, you don't play. So that's that was the reason, nothing else really into it. But I would say that Brian, in the games that he's been back since his injury, has looked very much the player that you were talking about. The guy yes, that yes. is worth the money. I just, okay. it's a hot take segment. All right, let's, let talk about a diff let's talk about a different attacker. Let's talk about the guy that you guys all thought that was better than Carlos Vela, Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Trejo is a very good player, and I'm very happy for him. It was very cool that he got a chance to join the big club uh, and play with the guys and be a part of that goal, though he didn't get an assist. And then on Sunday, he goes back to the Vegas Lights, and he does this game-winning goal. So yes. what a weekend for Danny Trejo as we see him. I like this. See these two guys? Now nah, I'm just going to cut through you and finish. So Danny Trejo, what's, what's important about this is not just the fact that he's scoring goals. But it's a different kind of pathway. Connor mentioned it with Mamadou Falk yeah. and, and Tony Leone. There hasn't been 
uh, the greatest of pathway for guys drafted, especially guys that weren't drafted, let's say one or three, like Tristan Blackman and uh, Jao Matinho. I mean, LAFC routinely trades a lot of their draft pick uh, draft picks away, but you've got to show that from time to time there is a pathway. So I'm happy for Danny Trejo, who went down, played with the Vegas Lights, showed what he was worth. He had a kind of rough season that first year, but then really has been on fire this season, as you've seen. And he's shown that if you walk this pathway, you do the right things, you can make it to the club and make it to the biggest level. And that's why it's important for guys like Tonlioni to see that. It's important for guys like Mamadou Fall to see that. That's how guys come through. If you're always shutting the door to them and you're just making signings, then really what is your academy for? What is the draft for? You need to at least show that. And look, it's always kind of a crapshoot. It's one guy out of 100 or one guy out of 10. But you need to every once in a while pull a guy up and just give him the shot and say, look, you did everything we asked you to do. You guys get this shot. So another good one in the pathway, and it's just another link up between LAFC and youth soccer and, and soccer here in SoCal. Can I just say really quickly, you guys, you guys do the same thing over and over and over again. And I love you for it because the whole Trejo versus Moose, right? Like you guys are hopping on the Trejo train. Totally and I, different players. Uh, you guys are hopping on the Trejo train, and that's fair, but I'm just telling you guys to temper your expectations. When Moose was playing really good at the beginning of the season, you guys were like, oh my God, maybe he should be starting. But now you're saying the same thing about Trejo. I'm just saying, like, the same thing happens over and over again. When it you guys hop on the train of a player, when form goes up and down, watch, Moose will score like a brace next game, mm. and then we'll be like, never mind, he's great again. Just... Let's chill out a bit. Yeah, different type of players. And Moose is still learning on the wing. That's not really his game. Whereas Danny Trejo thrives on the wing. 1v1 opportunities going against. And I know that Moose missed that chance. But I would say in the game, though, being an outlet uh, in that first half, they were playing direct to the wingers a lot. And Moose was helping to get on the ball and then play off Chicho. And they were really doing some things. So <laughs> soccer is a low-scoring game, guys. It's not, it, is all, it is all about scoring. However, just because you don't score doesn't mean you didn't contribute in the game. I, Kaboom. I just love, love, love seeing what he did. The kid from Mendota. I mean, it's just such a great human interest story. It's, it's awesome. Yep. We Big sh stock up. You're my IPO. Congrats, Danny Trejo. There you go. Rhymes. You're my IPO. You're my IPO, Danny Trejo. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you guys again for watching. It means a lot to us. And if you're the kind of person who prefers to listen to this content or maybe you just can't make the live show, we'll post the audio to our podcast channel shortly after the show is over. Just search 110 Football wherever you listen to your podcasts. In just a couple of hours, Angels Wear Boots is back to recap Saturday's match against OL Reign. Amanda, Jan, Jessica, and Sarah will be with you. This Sunday, we're back at the bank finally with our tailgate pregame show at 11.30 a.m., just 30 minutes before LAFC hosts the New York Red Bulls. And, of course, catch us right after the match right here on the 110 Football YouTube channel for our instant reaction postgame. And then, get this, next Monday, we're right back here to recap that battle of East meets West. It's going to be great. Great week. Great week. And you guys are here to join us. No Soccer USA, I love you. Oh. <laughs> Joseph, there's no chance that Ilya was going out of his way not to pass to somebody. He's the nicest man in the entire world. So we'll leave it at that. Ilya Sanchez, nicest man in the entire world. And I love you guys, and I love that you were spicy today. Yeah, we love spice. Spice is everything. Dash is going. Nice. Dash is going. Sunday. Yeah, got to go. Mwah. Bye. Hi. Hi. My name is Ilya Sanchez, follow 110 Football.